Hi, it's Peter Saltzman. You're listening to Improvisations on the Ledge. If you're enjoying this podcast with its unique blend of piano and verbal improvisation, please subscribe, give it five stars, and write a verbose review with lots of big words. On to the show. A very promising theme written for a sad scene in a movie. What could possibly go wrong? What went wrong? Interesting question, I ask myself, kind of on a daily basis. This little piece was written for one of these, uh, there are these licensing, music licensing sites, sync licensing, it's often called, in which you submit material for various so-called opportunities. Now, this particular site called uh, hitlicense.com is very well designed, and there are plenty of opportunities, though you're never sure how or if it's being listened to. It It's not totally transparent, let's put it that way. And you submit for $5 per track you submit, and you might see an uh, opportunity for a lovely piano theme for a sad movie scene, which is probably what this was. You might see something like upbeat rock for car commercial, or driving but chill hip-hop for whiskey commercial. I'm making stuff up, but these are the kinds of opportunities you get, and then they'll provide a example or several examples of the kind of thing they're looking for, and you can submit your tracks, and if they like it, you get X amount of dollars for the opportunity. Now, I've submitted to several of these on these sites. 
this particular site and never gotten them. I have with other sites, but it's always, uh, in this particular site, you don't get feedback. You don't get any sense of what they did or didn't like if they didn't take it. And this presents the opportunity for me or anybody else who's submitting to make up your own reasons. What went wrong here? As I said, this particular theme was for a scene in a movie that has a sense of loss. I think this little theme has that, after all. This is particularly sad. Anyway, I submitted and I wasn't successful, but I went back and listened to the examples and, well, I hated them. These are, I'm just being honest, they're typical what I would call overly reverberated piano themes. And let me just go back here. They wanted something piano, solo piano or solo piano with strings, something. So I I was in the ballpark, certainly solo piano. Uh, But you you listen to the samples of what they're looking for. And what you hear is this kind of sub-horrible piano theme, movie themes like this. may be too sophisticated and maybe in uh, post-production I'll add some strings and extra reverb to that to give you a sense of what they're looking for but it's the kind of thing that if you're listening to it in its own context without the film or tv show going on there it would probably put you to sleep uh, but maybe that's the point it's background music apparently doesn't interfere with the scene, whether it's a dialogue scene or just somebody staring out into the abyss having lost someone. So... You could feel the fall breeze coming over the, I was going to say tundra, but there's no tundra in the fall, right? So these kinds of themes, movie themes with solo piano or piano and a string pad or whatever it is, kind of drive me crazy. Now, it's not supposed to interfere with the scene, but when I listen or watch a movie or television show with that kind of thing, naturally it interferes because it bugs the hell out of me. It's so trite. It's supposed to evoke the barrenness, the sadness in the scene, but what it evokes in me is sadness about the quality of the composition. 
And this gets into a rather sensitive subject for me, which is the place of music in film and television. It is meant to be subservient in most cases, unless it's featured in a particular scene, like the opening credits of James Bond movies or something, in which case it's highlighted. But in most cases, film music, television music, is not highlighted. It's there to serve the story, serve the scene, and that's fine. But for me as a composer, subservience is a dicey proposition. It used to be before the dawn of film, then television, and then digital platforms. It used to be that the storytelling, the biggest storytellers in a public sphere, really were the great composers. The Beethovens, the Wagners, the Brahms. In the case of opera, there were actual stories that you could follow. Verdi, Puccini. And this was, in a sense, the mass entertainment of the time. People came to these live events because that's the only way you could hear it. So composers were kind of these hero figures, big stars, and writing complex, purely musical statements, say like Tchaikovsky's symphonies, particularly the last three, particularly the last one. Number six, The Pathétique. That's a autobiographical work, but it's all music. There's no lyrics. There's no text. Now, in Tchaikovsky's case, he probably had some programmatic material to help tell his story, but the entire story, the entire story was told through notes alone, notes and timbres of the orchestra. So the complete story is in the music. In film, the main story is not in the music. The music is there to highlight it. Thus, you get the situation where you have innocuous music that may or may not push certain emotional levers in the context of the story. Now, if it's done very well, it obviously does do that. I was watching the other night an episode of The Americans, the TV show, and there was a scene where an important character was going to die in a shootout. And they used a Roberta Flack cover of a fairly famous song from the 70s, I believe. And, of course, it's Roberta Flack, my favorite singer of all time, to be quite honest. And the emotion in her voice is just overwhelming, and you combine that with this character dying in a shootout, and it's very powerful. But that, in that case, there's no dialogue. It's just the shootout and Roberta Flack. Roberta Flack, without the shootout, would have also been incredibly powerful. You could have had a blank screen, and it would have been powerful. But, I, the, you know, the, the symbiosis, the combination of those two things makes for a very emotional scene. And I understand that film needs music. I've written some film scores, and you watch the scenes without any music whatsoever, and you feel this emptiness. But my point is, in all this, is that music, particularly instrumental music, used to be able to tell the entire narrative. And we're not so much used to this anymore. So getting back to my little theme here, which starts out fine... simple enough. This is still okay. All good. 
whoops mistake. Now, what happens here? I introduced a second voice. I'm about to do this. And this is when it becomes a story in its own right. And this is probably why it was rejected, in my opinion, since there was no feedback. Okay, so that inner voice tells another story. There's the interaction between the main theme and then this. It's counterpoint. It's probably, from the standpoint of that music supervisor, too complicated. It gets in the way of the scene. So I understand that. What's hard for me is to, or would have been, to have just written that theme with no other development. Here's a plane sped up. then repeated. Maybe in octaves. Octaves. And so on. Well, for me as a composer at that point, I'm bored out of my frickin' mind because it's just the same thing. But For the non-composer, music supervisor, they're thinking, or the producer, or the director, or whoever's making this decision, this is too complicated for that scene. It's not letting the scene speak on its own. But I would have to argue that, of course, I don't know what the scene was, but maybe you're assuming people are stupid, and maybe they're not. Maybe they can handle the complexity of multiple musical themes interacting with the images, or maybe not. And then in the second part of the tune, we think it's going to go back to the theme again. Here's the end of the... after we've introduced the second theme. Now you think right there that it's just going to be a repeat. But what does it do? It introduces a whole new section. Watch. While keeping the main theme. Okay. So now, not only... Have I kept that main theme and added another theme to it, but I've changed the harmony so it's becoming a richer story, musical story. There's a narrative in the music itself, and this is what I'm talking about. Music being able to speak for itself without the imagery, without the effects, without anything but the story inherent in those notes. So what are you going to do? I remember taking a film scoring class many years ago at UCLA Extension, and 
Each week there was an assignment. You'd get a videotape back in those days, a video cassette, and you were to set a particular scene from some movie or TV show. And you were to use these parameters. It was for this specific instrumental ensemble, and you were to write a minute and a half or whatever it was for that ensemble, bring in your score and parts, and that ensemble would be in the room and they would record it, play it to picture the video playing on a TV. And one week, there was a scene from some movie with Napoleon and who was his lover, wife, whatever. It's a love scene, and it's, there's great emotion in the scene. And the assignment was to write for string quartet. That's two violins, viola, and cello for this whatever it was, a minute-and-a-half, two-minute scene. And, you know, what you do is you study the scene and try to find the musical emotion in the scene. So what I did was I wrote a fugue, four-part fugue, which is taking a theme and passing it among the instruments. It's a complex form. Go check out Bach. Anyway, come in next week, get to mine. There's maybe ten people in the class. Mine comes up, quartet's there, start picture, they play to the picture. My teacher, who, who was a fine composer and an excellent film composer, was in tears from what I wrote. I'm not just saying this to glorify Peter Saltzman, which is, I do, but he was very moved by it. And it was, it's, I'll, maybe I'll play it at the end of this, just have a, a MIDI version of it. It's a moving piece of music, very sad and I thought it was appropriate. What he said, he loved it, but he thought maybe it was too much, too complex for this. All of which is to say that maybe I'm a lousy film composer, but I'm a hell of a composer. This, of course, is the fugue I wrote for that film scoring class many years ago, rescored for full orchestra. You can hear it without me talking over it on my Bandcamp page, the links for which you'll find in the show notes. But if you can't find them, it's petersaltzman.bandcamp.com, and the album is called Big Ass Orchestral Film Cues, only one of which, the first track, appeared in an actual film. Speaking of my Bandcamp page... I'm also very gradually making all the music from Improvisations on the Ledge, Sansa Talking, available in the special album that is only available to subscribers, uh, which means you have to subscribe to access it. And yes, the little failed piano movie theme from today's podcast will be on there. Finally, if you happen to be a pianist or no one and would like to play the little failed movie theme, you can purchase the digital score for download on noteflight.com. It's officially called Nocturne Number 9. Again, check out the show notes for details. Thanks.